Well, that is um, the Christmas story. And I would imagine that a lot of you are familiar with some of the details surrounding the birth of Jesus. And there's a lot of fanfare, a lot of celebration, all sorts of activities surrounded uh, the event called Christmas. But if I were to ask you, what is the meaning of Christmas? What would you say? What is it truly all about? Well, if you're really going to understand the meaning of Christmas, you need to understand that it really is God's divine rescue. It is a demonstration of God's love, his significant love. It is so deep, it's epic, that he would actually send the eternal Son of God to enter into humanity to provide a rescue. A rescue for his people. A rescue from themselves and their own sin. Now, if you've ever been rescued, or you've been involved in a rescue, or you know someone that has been taken from a situation which they were helpless to save themselves, you know that it leaves a lasting impression. I myself, when I was a kid, was rescued once, and, and at different times in your life, you kind of just get these flashbacks, and you, you remember it. It's so significant. It leaves lasting impressions. Uh, back years ago, November 2002, Time Magazine did a story on the rescue of our, our 41st president, George Herbert Walker Bush. And what they did is they uh, followed him to the place where he was uh, all the way, taking him back in time to when he was fighting for our military. He was a, a pilot, and he was shot down by the Japanese in World War II. In 1944, he came under heavy anti-aircraft fire by the Japanese. They hit his plane, and he went down. But he was rescued. And on the occasion in which Time magazine was following him in 2002, they accompanied President Bush to where he was actually rescued, the exact place that it took place. And following this, uh, President Bush had the opportunity of actually meeting various Japanese gentlemen, some of whom actually witnessed his rescue back in 1944. And while meeting these Japanese gentlemen who had been soldiers, one of them told President Bush that one of his friends commented and said this to the group while they were watching the rescue of George Bush. Surely America will win the war if they care so much about the life of one pilot. And certainly the rescue of George Bush had significant implications for his family, for our country, for he went on to become our 41st president, but for the world. And if you're going to understand Christmas, you need to understand that it is a divine rescue. And you need to understand it as such. It's really the assurance that God loves his people so much that he will go to absolutely the greatest of lengths and sacrifice to bring about the rescue of his people. And so when you come to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, you have the record of the rescue. How it was all put into place. Some of the details behind the scene. And if you want to meet a man who is experiencing his world flipped upside down and kind of like living in chaos, it would have to be Joseph. And so let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together... She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man 
and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Let me take you back 2,000 years ago to the land of Israel. We have a young man by the name of Joseph who was betrothed, or you could refer to it like engaged, to Mary. Both of these were teenagers, and unlike kind of engagements in the United States, these were prearranged marriages. Your families put you two together, and Joseph and Mary are likely in their teens. It's thought that Mary's about 13 or 14 when this event takes place. Joseph may be a few years older. And what betrothal looked like is this. Your families put you together, and you were legally betrothed to one another. Uh, To such an extent, you were referred to as husband and wife, although the woman still stayed with her family, and the husband needed to get his act together and get a place ready for the one the day they would come together as husband and wife and live together. So significant was this legal betrothal that you actually, the only way it could be ended would be through a legal act of divorce. It was in this situation where Joseph and Mary had been betrothed. There had been this legal agreement established. I'm sure Joseph was extremely excited about the day that he'd be able to come together with Mary as his wife. And what that would look like is after an entire year of betrothal, there would be this celebration at his parents' house, which would last up to seven days, one big party. And that marriage would then actually come together. There would be another legal contract that would be driven, uh, written up by the bride's father. And there would be the celebration of this marriage. Well, all of a sudden, Joseph's world is flipped upside down. Mary has news, troubling news, that she's pregnant. Joseph, you need to understand, she would say, this child, the angel Gabriel, I know that it's hard to believe, but this angel Gabriel came and said that the Spirit of God is going to come over me and that I am going to conceive a child, a son. For Joseph, this is... This is much more than he could ever imagine. I mean, how could this possibly be? Never in human history had there ever been a situation where a child was born to a virgin. Come on, Mary. This doesn't make sense. I I can't make any sense of this whole situation. And you got to think from Joseph's perspective, he loves this girl tremendously. He wants to be with her. He wants to believe her. In fact, everything he knows of her character is like, this is one fine gal. She is upstanding. She walks with God. She's beautiful. She's committed. How could this possibly be? Now, you need to understand that had Mary and Joseph been living in the time of Moses, uh, this would be a very quickly done deal. The law actually prescribes that if a woman should become pregnant, it would be considered an act of adultery, she would be stoned to death. But due to the uh, laxness in the Jewish theocracy and the infiltration of the Romans, there were now two options. In fact, the Romans didn't want you killing people. If they were gonna, people were going to die by Romans, people's hands, the Romans said, we'll do that. So at the time of Joseph and Mary, about 2,000 years ago, there were really two options available to Joseph. One was he could make her a public example. Bring her before a court in front of everybody where she would be convicted as an adulterer and her life would be forever shamed and ruined. And that would be the course, of course, that he probably should do because, after all, his reputation's on the line. But there was another course of action available to Joseph. And that was he could very quietly and secretly 
gather two or three witnesses and legally, before these witnesses, write a decree of divorce and be done with her. She would be sent off to a place far, far away, perhaps with relatives. She would bear the child, give birth to the child, and raise the child. And they would go on in their separate lives. For, for Mary, her life would be one of shame and seemingly ruin. It was in this time that Joseph is wrestling with this, this news, trying to come to terms with it. We find that because Mary has no one to defend her, she literally is perhaps at this point even taking the insults of her community. Joseph is struggling to do, figure out what he should do. Since he has no one to defend her, God becomes her defender. The Spirit becomes her advocate. And you can see it. Joseph, being her husband, and that's how they're referred to in this time of betrothal, husband and wife, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, he planned to send her away or to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away secretly. Verse 20, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It, this wasn't just a dream where he was imagining things. It's in this dream that the very angel comes and makes an appearance and, it, and speaks to him and says, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. It is as she has told you. The Spirit of God has come over her. And she has conceived a child. You need to believe. You need to understand. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And then the statement that the angel makes in verse 21 would have been far more disturbing and revolutionary than the fact that Mary was pregnant before they were married. You see, God's rescue had to come through miraculous means to accomplish a miraculous purpose. And in verse 21, you might want to mark this down. This is at the heart of Christmas. The angel announces to Joseph this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This must have been astonishing. The angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, his name means Yahweh saves. God's personal name, Yahweh. Yahweh saves. Or you might want to say this. God rescues. His name defines his mission. It's like perhaps when a, some parents and they, they have a child and they name the child Joy or Hope. The name speaks of the child. We want her to be joyful, right? Hopeful. For Jesus, his name defined his mission. God rescues. Yahweh saves. And that's exactly what you and I need. We need a savior. You see, God created you and I in his image. God is personable. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And he created people in his image so that we would know him and love him, trust him, and enjoy God. That's why you and I are created. And he wants us to experience the fullness of this relationship. But because of sin, the word literally means to miss the mark. You and I choose to try to find our sense of peace, happiness, identity, joy, purpose in anything or anyone but God. 
I mean, that is the story of our life, isn't it? We're always trying to squeeze life out of something that really can't give it to us. There's like this God-shaped void in our life, and only God can bring us peace, happiness, joy, purpose. And yet, it's kind of like our heart. It's like an idol factory, and it just spits it out. Let me give you some that are big in our culture. Success, having lots of money, your appearance, uh, skills, intelligence, popularity. They're like these idols that are before us, and like, We'll orient our whole world around trying to satisfy this, thinking that this will give us life and peace and significance and stability in times of trouble, but they always let us down because they can never satisfy. And any time we try to find life apart from God, whether it's the heinous things or just the flippant, I could care less, complacency, all of it is sin. Whether it's rebellion toward God, kind of this hatred toward God, or just this kind of casual indifference, could care less. All of that's sin, because you see, you and I were created for him, to know him, to love him. And because all of us are sinners, sinners by nature, that's why we sin, God sent his son to be the savior, just like 121 says, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's exactly what took place that first Christmas. Verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And now he quotes Isaiah. Isaiah 714. 700 years prior to this event, it was promised this. Verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and you shall and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I'm sending you Jesus. God rescues. He will be God with us, Emmanuel. And so verse 24, Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. See, if we're really going to understand Christmas, it is God's divine rescue of epic proportions to save us from the penalty, the power, and one day eternally from the very presence of sin. It's God's divine rescue. And that's what Christmas is. It's really the celebration of God's divine rescue that's been accomplished through Christ. That's why he's come. Let me take you back to October 14th. 1987, Midland, Texas. There is a young child, 19-month-old, Jessica McClure. She is playing in the backyard of her aunt. And for a couple minutes, none of the adults are watching her. And little Jessica McClure is in the backyard, and she's noticed about a hole about eight inches wide in diameter. And she is dangling her feet in this hole, just kind of playing. When this 19-month-old toddler gets up, tries to get up, she stumbles And somehow she falls into the hole and she keeps falling and falling and falling. In fact, she goes down 22 feet. When the people look and they can't see little Jessica, they run and they find out. They hear a baby crying from the heart of the earth. Of course, 911 was called and the rescuers came and and sure enough, they can hear the cries of a little baby down in the heart of the earth and is looking in this black hole. So the rescue efforts began. 
They put a hose down so they could continue to give her air to breathe. They took a little microphone and dropped it down so they could hear everything that Jessica was saying and hear her breathing. And so they began this, uh, to figure out how are we going to rescue this. And the plan was to go five feet away from this well, even though she's above the water, she's wedged in there. We're going to go five feet away from this eight-inch hole, and we're going to drill down, and we're going to make a hole big enough that we can get a man down there. And then we're going to cut horizontally five feet, and we're going to rescue her. And that, of course, was the plan. And so equipment was brought in. And as they start working, it, unfortunately, they're running into solid rock. And as night comes, the temperature starts to drop. They're obviously very worried, the medical technicians that are there, about this baby even making it through the night. So they need heat. So they bring in these heating tanks, and they start pumping warm air down this hole, and they are listening. News of this little baby caught in this well starts to spread around the nation. The TV start, TV channels start carrying it, and these uh, networks start carrying the events surrounding this rescue. Some of you may have even remembered hearing about this. And at, and at one point, there is this very touching scene where Jessica's mom is singing to her, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, and Jessica starts singing back. Much of the time, she's crying. They can hear through the, the, uh, the microphone. And as they're drilling, they ran into equipment failure. And hours kept going into hours, and one night and day, one night came back into a day, and they're trying to make progress drilling through this rock. Eventually, they get down to 29 feet, and then the plan is to cut that five-foot horizontal tunnel big enough for one man to try to get in there to rescue this baby. But they ran into some more rock. The work is so hard that they can only have one guy working at full strength for about 30 minutes before he's totally wore out, and they're having to use power tools to drill through this rock. They can only get about an inch every half hour. When they finally break through, it took a lot longer than they expected. 58 hours, two and a half days, they finally break through to the well, and a paramedic is able to touch Jessica. But of course... The medical technicians up, up above ground, they're monitoring all of her vital signs. They're very concerned. And even though the, the paramedic can touch her and hold her, he cannot dislodge her because one leg is, fo is focused up and, and heading up. The other one is coming down, and he simply cannot get her out of this hole. The paramedics that were on the, on the surface were becoming extremely worried as they keep checking her vital signs. And finally, after consulting, uh, the, one of the technicians, one of the paramedics, made these awful orders. Quote, he communicated to the paramedic trying to rescue Jessica, pull hard. She does not have more time. You may have to break her to save her. But at this point, they're worried of dehydration and shock. And so the order was given, you got to pull hard because you might have to break her to save her. So that's exactly what the paramedic does. He reaches up, he grabs hold, and she suddenly becomes dislodged without any further injury. He straps baby Jessica to a board and then holds her close to his chest, gives the signal to hoist up, and they do. 
And so he makes his way up this 29-foot hole. He comes to the surface of the ground, and no one says a word because when they look at baby Jessica, she's not moving. Then all of a sudden, she starts to move. And an eruption of applause and of crying and of screaming and of rejoicing, the prayers of a nation, and certainly those were all gathered, had been answered. And this little baby was alive. And it was kind of like... um, a Super Bowl where your favorite team scored a touchdown within the final seconds and wins. There was just this eruption, just sheer joy that this baby had been rescued. Now, I tell you this because you need to know that this is what God has accomplished in the coming of Christ. This is the meaning of Christmas, that God so loves his people that he will go to great lengths To bring about the rescue from sin so that you and I will never face the wages of sin, which is death, so that we would actually know God, to experience love, and to know him forever. I've got news for you. God may have to break you in order to save you. And maybe you're here tonight, and when I say those words, that makes a lot of sense about what's been going on in your life. You see, God has to break us from our self-centeredness and our complacency and our self-sufficiency and our pride. He is so committed that every single individual would know him and experience his love and walk in the fullness of joy that he may just have to break you in order to save you. And friends, that's the meaning of Christmas. That's the whole heart of the holiday. Let me just give you perhaps a Bible verse that Most of you probably have heard multiple times. But listen to it for the Christmas text that it is. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see it? You really want rescue? You want forgiveness? You want salvation? You want life? Found in trusting Jesus, believing in him. Like it says in Colossians 1.13, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. So this Christmas, I just have one question for you. Have you been rescued? Have you come to a place where you're truly trusting Christ? What is keeping you from believing and trusting in him now. Likely, that's why you are here tonight. You see, Christmas is the assurance that God loves his people to such great depth that he will go undergo enormous sacrifice and an enormous cost to bring you to himself. You see, the depth of God's love is seen in the divine rescue of the lost. And that, my friends, is the meaning of Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, Only you, only you could do what is seemingly impossible and is impossible for people. And yet you've brought about the rescue and the salvation of your people through the sending of your son. And tonight, we understand. And that's why you brought us here. And for someone who has come here tonight, perhaps they're familiar with the Christmas story, but now you've got their full attention. And now is their hour, this Christmas Eve, to trust in you. Would they simply pray with me and say, Lord, 
I turn from myself and my sin, and I'm trusting in Jesus, the rescuer, the Savior, to be the Lord of my life. And I ask for forgiveness, and I ask that you lead me, and that I know the goodness of you all the days of my life. And Lord, for the many of us here who have trusted in your Son, there are Christians here who have been Christians for several weeks, several months, several years, maybe even several decades. Would you fill us with just a great love for yourself, a great joy in knowing Jesus? May this Christmas be so very meaningful and so very special because we rejoice in Jesus, the rescuer. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.